everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. Egypt is especially risky now. Well, I was invited. Don't blame me, mate. Something's not right. They're calling all the shots. You gotta get him out. Not a chance. The days of Entebbe are long over. It's not his fault. This is terrorism. The world will see how guilty you are. I should go. We're not afraid to die. That's why we're gonna win. What have you done to him? I'm not afraid either. Infidel. Rated R. He's an American-born Iranian whose Middle East heritage makes him the perfect conduit to capture the reality of his latest must-see infidel, prisoner, believer, fighter. Released nationwide to critical acclaim, starring Passion of the Christ's Jim Caviezel, whose portrayal of an influential Christian blogger kidnapped, imprisoned, and tortured for his faith only begins to tell the real story, inspired by actual events, and the many layers this film reveals, as you will soon hear. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome, always an honor, award-winning director, writer, and producer, Cyrus Noriste. Director Noriste, Cyrus, if I may, welcome back to Testimony. Thank you so much for having me, Jensine. Well, it's a blessing to have you. I'd like to let our audience have a brief recap of your career. We first met by phone in a 2016 interview for your beautifully produced film, The Young Messiah, a screenplay you and wife Betsy adapted, and you also directed from the best-selling Anne Rice novel entitled Christ the Lord, Out of Egypt, Imagining Jesus as a Young Boy, and the miracles that would follow prior to that, the stoning of Soraya M., which documents the horrific true story of an Iranian woman falsely accused and then stoned to death because of it, also starring actor Jim Caviezel. But that's not all. Your previous works, just to name a few, The Day Reagan Was Shot and The Path to 9-11, perhaps your most controversial film to date, an ABC miniseries which captured over 28 million viewers and a number one Nielsen rating. And the list goes on in both television and film and all seeming to speak of the risk and reward you've been willing to take bringing light to darkness and quote, justice to warriors as your latest action-packed, on-the-edge-of-your-seat thriller, Infidel, so powerfully communicates. So let's get right to it. First question. Tell mm-hmm. us about the premise of Infidel, why you wrote it, and what you hope it will accomplish. Well, thank you, first of all, for that great intro. Um, Infidel is a Middle East, I like to think of it as a kind of Middle East thriller. And there have been a number of those over the years. But one thing I've noticed about most of them, if not all of them, 
is they fail to address the fundamental faith issues that are at the heart of the Middle East. I mean, I feel that I've spent a lot of time in the Middle East. I've filmed in Morocco. I've made two movies in Jordan. I've been to Cairo. I, I lived in Iran as a child and visited as a young adult. I've chased money in the Emirates for my projects. And one thing that the average person on the street in the Middle East uh, brings up sooner rather than later when you meet them, socially or otherwise, is what religion are you? Do you believe in God? Do you go to church? These are fundamental questions in that part of the world. Um, and I feel like most of the Middle East thrillers that have been made in Hollywood are sort of are, are made by people for whom, you know, let's say faith is not their driving force. And um, they neglect to sort of address uh, the faith aspect that's at the heart of, of, of the Middle East and the struggles in the Middle East. So I felt here's a chance for me to set in that world that addresses it. And of course, I, I, I know people who have gone to the Middle East and participated in conferences like that is, that's depicted in the movie. There's a uh, Abrahamic uh, conference uh, in uh, Cairo in the movie where our lead character participates. He's a Christian blogger. And these conferences are well attended and televised throughout the Middle East. They're big deals. And so that's a part of my movie, to sort of get to the heart of the matter in that region and tell the truth about how people address these issues. Which leads me to my next question. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to director, screenwriter, and producer Cyrus Noriste, his latest must-see, Infidel. Uh, Cyrus, Jim Caviezel, whose iconic portrayal of Jesus in Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ, is no less passionate in his role as a high-profile Christian blogger, Doug Rollins, uh, you just alluded to uh, in the conference you just talked about. Can you elaborate? Sure. I mean, in our story, the character that Jim Caviezel plays, who, as you just said, is a Christian blogger. He works at a software company by profession, but he blogs on the side and has quite a following. And he's invited to a conference in Cairo. And uh, he attends and appears on television and basically says what he believes. And his belief is that Jesus is God. And in the conversation with a Muslim host uh, who refers to Jesus as, you know, a good man and, uh, and a prophet, and someone who uh, Muslims also uh, love, but Jim sort of corrects him and says that Jesus is God. And this spins a whole series of events in the story from that point on. And I felt there was no one better to play this character, this uh, this individual in my story than Jim Caviezel. Because if he says it, you believe it based on his portrayals in the past. Exactly, exactly. Just brilliantly done so compelling now in your movie infidel you address many overarching themes throughout some of which include the loss of a child and subsequent loss of a person's faith because of it honor killing jihadists in the workplace disguised as quote 
peaceful Muslims, government that turns a blind eye on one of its own, the underground Iranian church, and this just for starters, that said, on the issue of government inaction, what did you learn, Cyrus Noriste, in your own research as the primary reason the U.S. refused or could not step in to help free those unjustly imprisoned in Iran, specifically those accounts for whom Infidel is based? Well, yes, Infidel is inspired by a number of different cases. Um, I had to sort of create a narrative character, a fictional character, but it, all of the research and many of the incidents that happened in the movie are based on the experiences of Americans like Robert Levinson, Michael White, uh, Robin Shahini, uh, uh, Chinese-American graduate student Zhu Wang. All of these people have been held in a row. The saddest case is Robert Levinson. He is um, he was basically pronounced uh, by the State Department informed that Levinson's family that uh, he may have died in captivity. Of course, Iran denied holding him. He was held since 2007. These are very sad, tragic stories. And I think because of the political implications of the 1979 hostage crisis, where, you know, uh, I think approximately 100 Americans were being held in Iran. And the ramifications of that, political ramifications of that, a lot of people blame Jimmy Carter's loss of the presidency. It was because Americans were being held hostage and a, and a big deal was made of it daily in the media. That subsequent administrations, for political reasons, have decided to sort of, sort of ignore the fact that American individuals are being held not only in Iran, but anywhere else, because it's a political loser for that. Well, how serendipitous is it for you, as of October 5, 2020, Reuters just came out, that a U.S. court has reportedly ordered the Iranian government to pay the family of FBI agent Robert A. Levinson, for whom you say Infidel's story is based in part $107 million in compensation and $1.3 billion in punitive damages for his kidnapping, imprisonment, and torture, of which you just alluded. The Iranian government denies his whereabouts, but the Levinson family believes him to be dead. Your thoughts on this justice, and would this justice served under a previous administration? Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I'm pretty impressed that this has taken place, that a U.S. court has indeed ordered this um, on this day. Um, and I think it is an avenue toward uh, putting uh, regimes sort of on the defensive and having them really sort of reconsider their behavior. Um, some money matters. There are international courts. Um, and this can have an impact. So uh, I wish the Levinson family uh, luck with this, because I, and I do think it, it is a uh, good way to go to try and sort of get some kind of recompense and also create a climate in which governments will think twice about doing this again. Amen and amen. Now, my next question here has to do with your own father, who, if I read 
correctly, was imprisoned himself in Iran in 2003. Can you talk about that? Yes. I mean, um, my father had, uh, my, both my parents are from Iran, but they came to the United States many years ago. Um, thank God they're, they're still alive and doing well. They're both 90 years old. They're very mm-hmm. proud American citizens. Um, but my father did go back after he'd retired to visit. He'd been back in the late 90s and hadn't had any problems. This was after the revolution with the Islamic Republic in power. He didn't have any problems. But then he went back in 2003. He was arrested and detained at the airport and went through a difficult time for weeks uh, and essentially, you know, had to sort of go through a court set up and really it was, it, it was all kind of an extortion racket that's run by this uh, theocracy in, in Iran, if you want to call it that, with exclamation points or actually quotation marks. And, um, you know, he went through a difficult time and he got out eventually. He's never been back since and sort of lost his taste for going back to the old country. And it's very sad. <laughs> yeah, that's really tragic. But thank God he's safe and he did get out, so thank you for answering that question. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to director Cyrus Norriste, his latest must-see, Infidel. How difficult or easy was it, Cyrus, filming your latest on location where the events accordingly happened? Well, we didn't film in Iran, because we couldn't. Uh, If I filmed in Iran, I would, if I landed on an airplane, Iran, I would probably be arrested immediately <laughs> okay. because the uh, Iran, the Iranian government condemned and banned uh, my movie, The Stoning of Soraya M. So this movie is set uh, partly in Washington, D.C., but uh, also in Cairo, in Lebanon, and in Iran. We ended up filming in Jordan, which is the, probably the most open country in the Middle East uh, to filming uh and it's safest. They have a very nice climate there uh, for, uh, you know, productions to come and do their work and not be bothered. Um, the royal family there is, you know, has a very open attitude towards uh, the West. Uh, they have a, a border they share with Israel that people go back and forth. Um, and in many ways, I think they're one of the more most advanced uh, countries uh, in, in the region. And what they do is um, try to make a climate. That's it. Uh, and they let us make the film there. And, um, you know, they have a Christian uh, minority in Jordan who's treated fairly well compared to other Middle East countries. So we were happy to do it there, and it, it worked out very well. That sounds fantastic. Now, in your film, Infidel, the main jihadist identifying as Hezbollah called, quote, Rami, Ramsey, yeah. Ramsey, thank you for that. Yeah. And responsible for the kidnapping of Christian blogger Doug Rollins, played by Caviezel, recounts his own true story of being harassed by, quote, neo-Nazi skinheads, end quote, as a four-year-old. Why is this an important point of the film's messaging? Well, let me put it this way. I feel like the message that I, as a filmmaker, that any storyteller is trying to get across, is is not just completely hitting the audience with what I believe uh, or what the author believes or the director believes. 
um, I also feel that in order to be honest, I need to also portray what the other side believes and how they justify um, their, you know, activity, their resistance, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think that um, I, I have seen, I have witnessed instances where, you know, Muslims uh, in Western countries have not been treated, I would call it, in the Christian manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there are a lot of Christians who are very open and, uh, you know, embrace people of different faiths and want to talk to them and get to know them and, you know, have an exchange of ideas and beliefs. But there are some who are not in the Christian manner who just so don't don't want to have anything to do with someone of a different, you know, culture. Uh, and so I wanted to show that this character is born of some pain, but he's using it as a justification for extremist actions and behavior. That does not, his, his monologue in the movie does not justify it, but it expresses it. And I feel like in that sense, the, the movie is being truthful and at least portraying the viewpoint of the other side. And I don't, I, if anything, I think it enhances the message of the movie that I'm trying to get across. Exactly, and I think it also brings an element of compassion because many youth today in this country are radicalized. They have no fathers, they come from a broken home, they're bullied, they need a sense of um, importance and empowerment, and along comes this organization that says, we're do or die, and are you in or out, and it gives them something to hope for though sincerely wrong hope, nonetheless. So uh, I think it was an excellent point that was made. Now, without giving away the end of the movie, the film provides a nail-biting twist that the audience may not expect, but as Christians, we should. And that is the importance of always praying for, quote, our enemy, in this case, one captive, to an ideology of death, and not life, and I think you've already answered this in part, but your additional thoughts. Well, you know what's interesting about that monologue that you're referencing and seeing in the film uh, by the Ramsey character is that story was told to me by the actor playing that role. That he, as a, uh, his origin was Turkish, and he grew up in London. And as we were in the hotel, in Amman, uh, between days of filming, he told me the story of what had happened to him as a child, walking with his mother, and that these skinheads had attacked him and loved him. And I looked at him, and this is exactly what I was looking for. And I said, that's going in the movie. I want you to write that up for me. And the actor was shocked, but also thrilled that I was willing to hear him out and, and put that in the film, because I thought it added that sense of reality to our movie and also like you say compassion for you know the pain that maybe others have experienced even though it may have directed them in the wrong direction at least we can understand and maybe that will help us in sort of starting to steer them in another direction 
Exactly, which leads me to my next question. And I have so many. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Director Cyrus Norista, I believe is the exact pronunciation. <laughs> Thank you, Cyrus. Talk about why it's important for every American and Muslim to see infidel and why ignoring so-called, quote, peaceful organizations whose agenda is really radical at its roots threatens the lives of all Americans here in the U.S. and abroad. Your thoughts? My thoughts about what we can do about it or my thoughts about the ideology? Well, it's real two questions in one. The importance of your film, not just for Americans to see, but also for Muslims to see. Well, I like the idea that in the film, I have Muslims who help our American couple. But I also have Iranians who are Christians who help our couple. And I also have Iranians who are Jewish who help our couple. And I feel that, you know, if Muslims can learn that, you know, tyranny comes in all different forms. In Iran, that tyranny is in the form of an Islamic, extremist Islamic republic. And that I I just feel like there's an opportunity in these countries to open up and allow people of different faiths to live together like they did for centuries in that part of the world. And interact with one another and understand one another's faith and perhaps be influenced by one another's faith. And, you know, in Iran, uh, Christianity goes way back, especially through the Armenian communities exactly. that have lived in Iran for centuries. And um, I just feel that it, it's worthwhile for Iranians to understand. I mean, in, for example, Iran is not an Arab country. Iranians are Persians. They came to Islam late. Uh, Christianity was there long before Islam. It wasn't the national faith, but there were Christians in Iran, so, and there still are. And I just think that uh, there's a lot to be uh, learned from this, and maybe Iran's future is different. Amen and amen. Now, I've had the great joy of meeting and interviewing Dinesh D'Souza, one of the executive producers of your film, Infidel, on his latest, Trump Card, which addresses in part the issue of radical Islam at its roots, and now your movie, Infidel, plays it out in real time. Was the release of both films just weeks apart intended? No, it was not. It was really a circumstance of the pandemic. Um, They were actually intended to be released, you know, quite separately and apart from one another. (laughs) Um, But it's just, you know, it's a product of uh, the days uh, of the pandemic and what we're dealing with. Uh, I really enjoyed working with Dinesh D'Souza and his lovely wife, Debbie. They were terrific and supportive to me. And at the same time, of course, they were off doing their documentary and they showed great trust and faith in me to go off and make my movie and deliver it. And that's all any filmmaker could ask for. That's incredible. Now, Cyrus, 
What do you feel is the overarching purpose of your life as a former Muslim turned follower of Christ? And does this change even more the trajectory of your filmmaking and messaging? And what are some of your upcoming projects we can look forward to supporting? And then I have one last question. Well, you know, I feel that, um, you know, I'm being guided uh, by the Lord in, in a certain direction, and I just go with it. You know, I've been very fortunate to be able to make the films that I do, which I believe are part of a mission and a message. Um, and I feel that it is my job as an artist to make that message gripping and entertaining and beautifully done. Um, not all of the time are Christian films as high quality as we'd like them to be. We respect the message. We, we love the messenger. Um, but at the same time, we want it to reach out beyond our community. Right. And uh, sort of what I call the echo chamber in a sense. We, we, we want to affect other people and other cultures and other faiths. And that's one of the reasons why I'm making sure that my film goes all over the world, that it gets inside Muslim countries and just connects with people. So that's sort of my mission in a sense. And um, I you know, get drawn to all different kinds of stories. As you know, some of my movies are very edgy and very graphic, and some of them are not and for the whole family. It just depends on what grabs me. I mean, I'm looking at and thinking about a lot of different projects right now. Well, that is just fantastic. So last question, take your time or not. I'm reminded of the scriptures, Hosea 4, 6, and I quote, my people perish for lack of knowledge and Proverbs 28, 1, the righteous are as bold as a lion. Which of the two, Cyrus Noristah, best describes you and why? Oh, gosh. I don't know if I'm the right, per <laughs> I don't know if I'm the right person to make that determination. I, I do like uh, uh, the quote from Proverbs. Um, I, I think sometimes you have to... We live in an age where uh, there's this word cancel culture out there where people try to erase you because they don't like what you think or what you have to say. And I think for that reason, we have to be even more bold in saying it. And you can't live your life and conduct your, your art and your, your mission uh, worrying about the chatter and worrying about what might happen. You just need to boldly go forth and, and, and share the message. Amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to award-winning director, screenwriter, and producer Cyrus Noristah, whose latest powerful and sobering infidel is a must-see. You can learn more about director Noristah's work, ministry, and mission by visiting cyrusnoristah.com and infidel911.com and support his work See this movie. You will be blessed, informed, and inspired that you did. Cyrus, thank you for the privilege of once again bringing your voice to testimony 
for such a time as this, the power of film, my view, has the ability to do what no other medium can, and that's bring life and reality to places, situations, and circumstances most of us will never see this side of heaven. But thanks to directors and screenwriters like yourself who have the boldness and creative genius to take us there, you give us all the opportunity to help change what we see and what we cannot pray and believe for God to intervene. And as the character Jim Caviezel so brilliantly portrays, stand courageous in the face of fear and uncompromising in our walk of faith. Your movie, Infidel, shows us how and powerfully so. We thank you and God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Gensine Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.